0: All right guys, you guys have to help me out and get something uh, wrapped around my mind that I cannot comprehend. And use your imagination. Now imagine if you saw a 200 plus pound man that looked like he could rip your head off, who uh, went to Iraq for four years and worked for an elite unit with bomb dogs, came back to the US, became homeless for three years, and just an hour ago i saw a video of this man on instagram riding a amish horse and buggy and just a few seconds after that there's a picture of amish horse and buggies in a parking lot at walmart like i said i'm trying to get this wrapped around my next guest here is going to uh to discuss this very profound life story that uh is just beyond comprehension the average person will not be able to understand what this man went through so without further ado i'd like to introduce you to my guest Chad powers Chad, how are you doing today
1: i'm fine thank you how are you
0: pretty good pretty good i don't know where to start man i mean um uh, i got to to hear part of your story and the people that are listening to this, it would take like four or five hours just to get a fourth of the stuff that Chad uh, experienced. But we'll uh, we'll try to limit it and there will be two or three more uh, interviews after this because there's gonna be a lot of questions and there's gonna be a lot of people that be like, wow. So starting out, Chad, um, one thing that I had asked you earlier on was what were the three uh, things that were interesting about you? And you had written back that you you're a policeman and obviously you, you were uh, in Iraq working with bomb dogs and you're currently living in Ohio. And So I'm like, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, let's start out with your, your, your background as a policeman. How did, how did you get into, uh, in, into being a policeman?
1: Well, I grew up in South Texas and I, uh, it was just the career that I chose. And I uh, went to work as a policeman at a young age, at 21 years old, uh, and worked my way into canine, became a canine handler.
2: Oh, okay. And
1: okay. That's when I started handling uh, dogs, was as a uh, canine handler in, in the police department. <clears throat> and uh, I spent 15 15 years they're about in police work and this is all in Texas right yes in Texas and it was majority of it it was in the, the area that I grew up in okay
2: uh
1: but you know growing up in in that area and then being a policeman in that area it was a lot of difficulty you know it was that was a it can be difficult at times you know it has its pros and its cons but it's uh that's basically how I got into police work I just it was the career that I chose
0: Ah, okay. Now you were saying that it was very, very difficult in, in terms of what just just seeing the 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 bad, the negative of, of society, or was it more just related stress? What 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 was so?
1: No, I think uh, I think when you're you know, if you're a policeman in a in a in a small town <clears throat> or in, in an area that you grew up in, and people know you and you know them, it's sometimes you have to you you have to make decisions that affect the rest of the people people's lives and you have to do so to someone that you may you know, you may have um you have known your whole life or you may
2: Oh yeah. You
1: know, okay. Sometimes that can be difficult. And
2: yeah.
1: Being young and being young and immature, you know, sometimes some of those decisions can be made jealously or they could be made, you know, not not appropriate. So
2: okay.
1: that was uh that was a long time ago, you know. Yeah.
0: I understand. Yeah. The, uh, being in a small town. Yeah. I'd never thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> you were going to face but Then
1: that. I went to a bigger, yeah. And then I went to a bigger, you know, a bigger town and uh, Galveston, Texas and worked there for 10 years. Okay. And, uh, and uh, that's where I got really into canine uh, and started doing a lot of focus with dogs and okay. went into canine.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. That is, this. so now understand how that transitioned into the Iraq War, so from that um, experience with your um, background as being a, a policeman, how did that transition into you getting into the uh, Iraq War? How?
1: Well, the Department of State uh, was contracting out, uh, they were looking for dog handlers, mm-hmm. and uh, a prerequisite was you must have been a policeman for so many years or. You must have handled a dog for so many years in order to meet the requirements or you had to have uh, been a dog handler in the military or something along those lines. And uh, I put my papers in and was uh, was hired and went to the embassy in Baghdad, Iraq and started my time there at the uh, embassy in Baghdad, Iraq. Did a couple of years there and then uh was injured came home uh, rehabilitated and then redeployed again to another part of iraq and you
0: had to get redeployed back into iraq
1: yeah but that's yeah
0: wow okay okay that's 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 interesting okay wow so um in terms of your experience in uh, in, in Iraq, well, the decision
1: there was a decision that was made. Uh, let me back up, uh, which I really like to I really like to talk with you about this. Uh, okay. But I don't think we have time today well, no, no, to well, talk about what, what influenced the decision. In the um, there was a judge that was prosecuted that I sent to prison. Uh,
0: wait 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 stop stop okay wait a minute you sent a federal judge. Not a
1: federal judge, a, a local a county judge, a, a Cal- Galveston County Judge Christopher Dupree.
0: Okay, let's let's stop right here. I want to hear more details about this. This is
1: right. Well, that's 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 how I that was what led the choice of me, you know, of me leaving police work. I felt at the time that was the moral thing for me to do,
2: oh, and okay. I chose to go. Okay, so I-, I
1: got a I got a security clearance with Department of State. and Ended up mm-hmm. going into. All right. but that's a whole nother a, a whole another interval. Okay. That that that's a you know, all everything that I've done in my life, up until the point of me finding Christ. Well, Christ was never lost.
2: Yeah, I, yes. <laughs> I find
1: it And um up until that point, you know, that was I was I'm dead to that person. And now that I'm I'm reborn uh and that I, I know Christ, everything that I do from that point forward is in the light of Christ. However, my testimony is everything that led up to that. So I'm a living talking testimony and a Testament to what God's will was in my life.
2: Right.
1: And so if we go off and we talk about the judge and we talk about that incident in Galveston and we talk about these issues, I think, uh, that's, I think we need to set a whole nother time aside and do that because we'd be focused, you know, it's so, it's so in depth and it's, it's, and that's a very important discussion because, and, and that has to do with, I, I, during that situation, one thing that I became very a very big proponent in, very big. And what was that? Is, uh, civil rights. And, you know, you go, to, you go to a police academy, you go to, yeah. you go to education and you, you become a policeman, yeah. you have an eight-hour block of education on civil rights. That's it. 1983, Title 42 of the U.S. Government Code. Talks about the, the work and under the color of law. There's an eight-hour block of that however when you when you experience injustice and you become yeah. and you become subject to injustice you really start to follow you really start to follow civil rights more and with that being said my entire my entire just to give yeah. you an example during that time you know i couldn't care less back back then who malcolm little was malcolm yeah. little was my ex i couldn't yeah. care less yeah but after becoming involved in so much civil rights that's very important in our nation. Yeah. And it applies to everyone who walks, lives, breathes. Who, it, everyone here is entitled to a civil right. Right. And that being said, so that's a very important time in my life. And it is part of my testimony. But uh, after experiencing it firsthand, you know, I can, I can tell you how hard I can hit you in your jaw.
2: Yeah.
1: But you're not going to know how hard I hit you in your jaw until I throw a right cross and knock you out. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is until you experience something or an injustice, you're not going to you're not going to understand the totality of that until you yourself
0: experience it. Yeah. yeah.
1: It. You understand what I mean? Okay. So that, that, I think that would be a whole nother title for one of your your podcast there. You know, well, that's, it, a, it's, that's it, a major changing point in my life.
0: It's very interesting, and the reason I say that is that your statement in itself is profound. Because, as you know, most of society with all the stuff you hear about policemen doing that, uh, they do not. They most people have never heard a statement like that coming from a, a former policeman. <laughs> they think all of all the negative. So, I mean, it is a whole new world. And I hope my uh, uh, the people that are listening to this is like listen. <laughs> it's not what right. you see in the uh, in, in in the mainstream media. That's just a very small Tid- tidbit of it. Well, yeah, and, and, and
1: I'm not I'm not a I'm well I'm not a proponent, and I, I want to make myself clear. The reason the reason the reason that I had brought up Malcolm X was because he, he did in 1962 I think he said that the media was the most powerful entity on the face of the planet because they controlled the minds of the masses. Yeah. And it's a true statement. You can oh, see yeah, it today. Definitely, have, definitely. You have Fox News and CNN going at each other. Yeah. I remember standing in Baghdad, Iraq, and the embassy was under – under. Uh, we were being overthrown and being overtaken, and my grandmother calling me on the Skype and all these things. Are you okay? I'm, I'm yeah. standing out there just chilling by the swimming pool. I mean, there was nothing, <laughs> That's the there no, was swimming nothing pool. going on, but yet the media was building <laughs> this whole thing up. So, yeah, the media is is uh – it is a powerful entity in our, in right. our society. And I really – that's, I don't want to go off into that. that, that, that that's
0: about another two days of uh, interviewing right there. <laughs> we'll do that another time. <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting. So, uh, so from there, but so well, from- one
1: thing I will tell you though, I, it is without, without experience, you can't have mistakes and without mistakes, you can't have experience. Yes. They go hand in hand together. Absolutely. So, you know, I had an honorable career as a policeman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had a, an honorable. I met President. I met President. or He was the governor at the time, George Bush, back when I was a policeman. And I met President. Uh, our last President, President Obama. Oh, really? When I, was, when I was at the embassy in Baghdad, Iraq. So you know, I went for oh, three years from okay. being, being homeless on the street from being in the same room with the President of the United States. So what i what I mean by that is, I've ha- I've, I've had a wide range right of a spectrum here from one extreme to the other i mean from black to white and hit every color in the spectrum um so there's a lot of things that i can talk with you about okay. that thing, but the most important thing is that the glory is given to god
0: definitely um because the stuff that, that you went through i mean most people uh, it, it's 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 what you're <coughs> where you're at right now it, it it's it's a miracle in fact and like i said um it there's a purpose in your life and you're here right now so what i'd like to kind of get back on is you know from iraq uh the thing that i'm trying to get in my mind is looking at you from iraq to being homeless for three years what what was that transition of what i mean what, what were you going through um that you know from the point when you left iraq and you wound up being homeless for three years
1: well when i came home from iraq i was i was trying to get a job i had you know, I had a sour taste in my mouth about uh, police work. I, I didn't, you know, but I was also, I wasn't following Christ. I didn't have Christ in my heart. Okay. I was held by bondage. And um, I was, I had a chain on my ankle. And I was held by addiction. I was held by bondage. And I couldn't care if I lived or died at all. So basically I was on a fast track to, uh, to the grave and the faster that I could get there would be the better. Uh, You know, so, but mainly after coming home and not finding a job and a lot of, a lot of anger in my heart, a lot of, uh, animosity, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of hatred. I, uh, I became a very disgruntled citizen, a very disgruntled person. And a chip on my shoulder and just hated everything and everybody. And, again, you know, held held hostage by addiction.
0: Now, quick question. Uh, was this hatred and disgruntled, you know, for life, was that due directly to what you saw in Iraq? Or was it due to the fact that when you came out, it was like society just, you know, did it. Um, didn't honor you for your service to your country? Cause the one thing I've observed. No, not, no, no?
1: not at all. Okay. Just, uh, just living in the darkness. Uh, oh. And it was no, I could I couldn't sit here and tell you a reason why other than, other than I was held in bondage and held by, uh held by the enemy. And there was no, there's no specific reason that I can give you as to why I, uh, as to why I, you know, where the, where the hatred was rooted from, Okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. You're not a psychologist. I have, I have, I, I couldn't tell you what the root problem is or why I made the decisions that I made. Okay. I just know that, uh, you know, and I did that. It, I obviously didn't care and didn't value life at all.
2: Okay. You know?
0: I understand. It, well, that's, uh, that's I think this, uh, the story of pretty much 100 percent of everybody on this earth is that a lot of decisions like why? <laughs> I have no idea, so yeah yeah definitely understand there now, uh, after three years of uh, being out on the streets, what what led to your change, your transformation? I mean, what was it a spiritual experience? Did you meet somebody? Did somebody pick you up what what, what, what was it, this transition?
1: Well one one um And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything that I've done from my career to being homeless, to being held by addiction, to being in a faith-based rehabilitation or recovery church, to be in, I wouldn't change any of it because I was humbled before God. I was humbled. And what I mean by that is I, being humbled, you know, this, the, uh, the disciples wanted to wash Jesus's feet,
2: Right. you know,
1: because that was the worst thing that you could possibly do. It, they were humbling themselves before Christ, and and I I'm, I I I found humility in that in that position that I was in.
2: Okay,
1: when I was running a when I was a full blown terrorist down there in Texas. Okay, uh, and so when I was humbled before Christ, there was and I'm going to back up when I was in Iraq on one of my third or fourth, I think a third deployment. um, I met uh, a veterinarian that was in charge of our dog unit and she took care of our, our dogs, you know, their well-being. And uh, we, we became friends there and Mm -hmm. I looked out for it and we were nothing more than really good friends. And this is in Iraq, right? Right. Uh, right She was like my sister there, you know? and. She and I uh, were were good friends. Well, uh, she left, and I continued to do my stuff in Iraq, and she her time was over with, and uh, I I helped her out a lot when I was there. Okay. I basically kept her alive. Okay. Um. And you know, after I came home during those three years, she never gave up on me as a friend, and she never she never. Uh, She never quit on me. She never gave up on me. I wouldn't call her every day. I wouldn't call her a week. I wouldn't call her every three or four months. I would just, I would go. One time I, one time I got on an airplane and flew to Finland. Right. And kind of woke up. What am I doing in Istanbul, Turkey? You know, just because I didn't, I did I was lost, completely lost. And she was, she was always there. And I, I knew in my heart, she was always there as a friend, but, uh, she never, she never gave up on me. and, um
0: so in terms of uh people like I'm I'm real fascinated, you know, you went through this experience of being homeless and was she your only friend that never gave up hope on you? Cause, cause you have other relatives and friends, obviously, but was this the only one that li- that that, you, that stood beside you no matter what?
1: Well, I can't that's I can't say that she's the only one. Okay. Because there were there were a lot of people that did help me. Uh okay, a, okay. a lot of people. Um okay. And I could give you a list of names, okay. uh, and and you know, from Ernie Hutchins, Robert and Terry Willis, Eddie Ray,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Jay Grimes. There were there were so many different people that helped me along the way. Okay, but there's a difference between enabling and helping. And
0: ah, uh, okay.
1: Now, as far as helping, you know, after being so hard and headstrong, I, you know they just. They walked in love, and they helped me. Now, yeah. she just she was always there,
2: okay.
1: you know, as a friend. And you know, I I can't say that she's the only one because she's not. Yeah. There's others. Okay, okay. but okay. it's kind of different if you have a relationship with someone that's like your sister, your best yeah. friend, yeah. you know, and as opposed to someone that's just doing what God has placed in their heart in order to help you, you know. So yeah. she she wasn't the only only person along the line but she was definitely um a major major player in it
0: okay fascinating fascinating so then once you um so uh, again uh back to when when you finally woke up i mean uh do you re- remember the time when you just 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 woke up from from this point in your life where it's like look <laughs> I had to get my well, life back straight
1: or yeah, uh,
2: gradual, yeah, there thing. was.
1: But the most you know, now Penny and I are are uh, engaged to be married soon.
2: Congratulations,
1: uh, yeah. So, you know, she she brought me here to Northeastern Ohio, and I have a whole new life here, and I have this whole new life with her,
2: okay.
1: And so, she, you know, so I'll be marrying my best friend soon.
2: And you know, so city.
1: that's, that's how, that's how that's okay. where that relationship led. and That's where that experience led, but she wouldn't have no part of me when I was out there, you know, other than I know she was helping me from behind the scenes, you know?
2: Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, but
1: anyways, um, so, um, what was your question now
0: so um during this point in time i know uh uh you being in the in the iraq war being uh, being a police um uh, was there any point in your life where where fear hindered your progress or were you to the point where you know fear was not a uh issue at all
1: yeah uh, well Can you hold one minute,
2: please? No worries. I'm
1: having trouble here with the, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I'm still here. What in the world? I see pictures of two horses and I assume that is your fiance, right?
1: Yeah, I'm having the the volume has gone completely down and I don't know what's
0: Oh, has it? Okay.
1: Well, there you are. Are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Okay. okay yeah. Go ahead.
0: Uh so 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 back to my question, you know, being in your line of work, being in the Iraqi war, being a police, um, uh, did, did you ever get to the point in your life where fear was a major factor in terms of
1: you, you
0: know, changing your life, progressing forward?
1: Yeah, um, I've I've never been in fear of anything uh, other than submitting to God. That was the only thing I've ever had a fear of is offering full submission to anything or anyone. Uh, But I didn't, I didn't have that issue with Christ. But as far as the uh, fear hindering me from moving forward, you know, I think that's what the major, major issue was with my self-destructive state when I had came back from overseas was you know living in fear of course living in the darkness but having that that fear uh, controlling my life you know and I, and I couldn't tell you what it was you yeah. know the anxiety fear and things like that but yeah of course the fear I lived in a, in a point there was a point in my life when fear controlled my my entire life I mean it eventually consumed me yeah yeah um, you know and I don't really want to discuss what the the details of the fear but there was fear there you know that led me to doing the things that i did and i'm not making excuses or anything like that but it was definitely a fear there otherwise i don't think you know we weren't walking in serenity or tranquility there and when i came back so okay. yeah there was there was fear there wow
0: yeah that that's one thing that uh um even right now not to the same level as your that you know in, in terms of your experiences but it appears like that most people's uh, Lives in general is dictated, controlled by that fear, and until you address that, you know people just continue doing the same thing over and over, uh, over again until one day you wake up. (laughs) At least that's my experience. (laughs) Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, In terms of uh, the what was very fascinating is the fact that uh, you you had this you know uh, experience in Iraq War. You apparently visited over twenty two countries. And that experience, uh, and then winding up, of all places in Ohio, you know, in an Amish town, I I, I, I cannot yeah. get that through my brain. How?
1: Yeah, I, I've, gone could that from, I've gone from, uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, yeah. the story there. I've gone from uh, visiting all over the world, going to jail in India.
2: Right. On, no, it, really? Fighting with
1: six policemen over in India. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, I was putting a box and hog tied to a chair like this with both hands here or tied with both hands here, bag put over my head, sat there for eight hours. Guy comes in there, moves the door, smoking a big cigar. looks like a guy locked up abroad, you know, and he says, you know, tell your embassy. We know tell our embassy. I was like, you got a freaking deal. Really? Chai? Like, yeah. We sat down and drank chai. He turned me loose. I missed my plane. I had to go buy my own plane ticket because I didn't want to tell the government that I missed my plane ticket. You know, it was just this whole Things so yeah, I went I, I, from all over the world from Romania, Finland, yeah, Turkey, Dubai, running the streets of Mexico. I mean, all over the place. And, yeah, and uh, now I've settled with the love of my life, saved by Jesus Christ, living in an Amish community with no material things other than my horses, my chickens, my goats, my farm, and our my life. You know. So, and to think that you know, I was at one point, I could go out and buy, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I could. there was banks. I was getting ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar credit card offers. Going out, you, could, I could go buy anything I wanted to buy. Go do anything I wanted to do. Yeah. I could, you know, I they pay you a lot of money to find bombs with a dog on the private side of it in Iraq. Really? You know? and, oh yeah, and I could do anything I wanted to do, and so. <laughs>
0: Okay, because most people's so, concept is that it's, it's all military related. So there was a private sector where people uh, paid you. on a Yeah, but record. there's
1: also a downside of that because okay. that private side of it, you're not accounted for so much that uh, you're basically not reported. You're off the books, you know, so it's, oh, it's a little different.
2: That, but it's a
1: big risk you take, you know. So okay. being this high risk contractor, you can, you can end up, you can do well, but you can also lose yourself.
0: So and, you lose yourself and nobody knows. So you're just, just – Well, I mean, yourself. you lose
1: yourself yeah. morally, ethically. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: You can, you, 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 but the most – the biggest thing here is that uh, in the million years, I didn't think the most important time – the most important thing that I had today, just for an yeah. example. Yeah. Today, the most important thing that I had was sitting on Route 87 in an Amish guy's house eating steaks that we cooked from his beef that we slaughtered with his four kids, his wife and him at the table and us talking. That was the best time I had all day long. Um, You know, I'm jealous. that, that, (laughs) That fellowship was, I don't need, I don't need a, this, you know, this, that was the best thing that happened to me today. You know, that was the best thing. I did a lot of things today. I checked maple syrup lines. I shooed our horses. I did, you know, I was running around with the farrier today. Uh, went, We rode the buggy. Uh, you know, my buddy and I, we went on a nice buggy ride uh, with his Frisian and, and the buggy, and we went down and looked at some trails and things. But the most important thing that happened to me today was the fact that I was sitting at a table in this Amish guy's house with good fellowship, as opposed to something years ago that could be, you know, I'm waking up in in Dubai, and I have can do anything I want to do right now, you yeah, know. Right. Or I'm I'm waking up and and man, I'm gonna you know we we don't have television, we don't have we live simple here too,
2: right? And
1: i want to keep it that way. And but you know I don't have as big, but I I, I don't even know I couldn't even figure out how to use this. <laughs> program I'm <talking> so <laughs> yeah, the my, point that I'm trying to make is that fellowship. So my, my values and what I value in life has changed dramatically in a complete opposite direction you know and i credit these things to god so to find that humbleness and sitting at a table and i'm some people are like you're crazy why in the world would you want to do that you know what would you want to go you could have went down and did this or this or this this, but that was that was the greatest thing that happened to me today you know last week i was having a snowball fight with three amish kids out front there you know and that was a good time that that's that was the peace that i had you know so yeah that's basically uh I'm getting you off topic. Buddy. No, no. no I mean, what's
0: really uh, interesting is that uh, uh, I'm also going through this similar like a transformation because I'm pretty sure I've, I've visited visited a lot of the countries in Iraq, uh, uh, Dubai, and all those places. And and you're right. You know, if you live in that world, you can get absorbed into that. But, but and then from that world to where where you moved to Ohio, I mean, that had to have been uh, like a shock and adjustment period. I mean, for me. Uh, for me, it would not be that that because I enjoy country, the you know uh, the outdoor stuff like that. But for the average person, it, it must have been a major shock. I mean, it's one thing to be in the country, but it's another to be in an Amish town.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we went. I, I I put a picture there on Facebook of the the buggies at Walmart. You know, I don't know yeah, if yeah. you saw.
0: I died yeah. last <laughs> week.
1: I couldn't. Yeah, I had <laughs> to park, you know. But in the community, it's um yeah i went i went backwards yeah. as far as technology yeah. is concerned i went backwards but you know i don't i don't i don't need anything but food shelter and water and my relationship with with god um and but i'm learning i'm learning more and more you know i'm, I'm i speak I speak uh english i learned about 75% arabic back when i was in iraq i, I picked it up easily but I, i'm forgetting it and i I want to forget it um, and I speak Spanish growing up down in Texas. I learned Spanish.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Kind of, kind
1: of forgetting that a little bit, but now I'm learning Pennsylvania Dutch. and So I'm okay. learning this, you know, I'm learning this language here, but yeah, going from, going from South Texas, one, even, even speaking of the weather, you know, we're in the middle, of, we're on the, the lake of the, the snow belt off of Lake Erie, you know, we're in the Northeastern corner of, of, uh, Ohio. Um, four hours from Buffalo, two hours from Pittsburgh, an hour and a half from Cleveland, yeah. you know, up here in this cold part of the country. And then to, to have so much responsibility with this farm and to have this, I, I, I didn't know anything about it, you know, but I, I, I couldn't tell you other than God of how I'm learning this way of life and how I'm learning, you know, every day is another lesson learned, you know? Uh, so so it just, it, you'
0: so you bought this barm on a on a whim or uh, what, what, how you... no, we
1: just we were just blessed with it
0: you're blessed with it okay okay yeah that, that, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap that around my mind here now um in terms of uh uh you are definitely a man of faith um, based on your experiences I know a lot of people go through life and some people you know uh, get this experience where they have the have the spiritual moment where their life changes and other people kind of gradually get into that position. Now, in terms of uh, your experience, was it like an immediate thing that you found God or was it more of a kind of gradual?
1: I I told you is that when here's this, this is for me. Yeah. And it's very important because this is what happened to me. Right. Um. When God speaks, you'll, you will hear him. Now. also you have to listen you have to listen you know and god speaks to me daily it's very subtle yeah it's you know he speaks to me daily and 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 i can't sit here and tell you what he said today yeah i can't tell you how he said it because you would turn around and tell me you're you're crazy there's no you know that's that's nuts that's that's crazy or this or that you know
0: the world though. That's the world. That's the world we know the truth.
1: <laughs> right. So, but I'm I'm just saying the way that the conversation yeah. that how 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 I hear now going back to before before I listened, uh there was a time that um it was uh three o'clock in the morning, probably four o'clock in the morning, and I'd been awake for a couple of days or thereabout. Mm-hmm. And I uh I had a voice that told me, and I had no no reason to be thinking that Jesus is talking to me because I couldn't at the time, you know, whatever. It didn't matter to me. You know, like I told you before, I nearly converted to Islam back when I was in Iraq. You know, I had no, no roots grounded me to Christianity. No roots grounded me to my relationship okay. with God. So
0: you were about to convert to Islam, you said, back when you were in Iraq.
1: Yeah. That's how, that's how, uh, oh, okay. far I went. that's how far away I was from, from knowing my Savior. Okay, now, okay, wow. So, you know, several years ago when I was in the, in standing in this hallway of this abandoned house, uh, and, and you can take it for what it is. You can you can read around the lines here, you know, or however the figure speaks You 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 understand what I'm saying. And right. I heard him tell me, all you have to do is say my name. <laughs> and i I remember standing there and i was i I laughed literally out loud i said you're crazy i'm not saying your name (laughs) nope and i went on doing what i was doing
2: yeah
1: and then from that point forward i'm telling you it was no more than setting gasoline on fire it was just rapid just i mean things happening that weren't very good and i eventually was humbled And humbled before Christ, and so I turned away from him, and Mm -hmm. I continued to turn away from him. And when I did, when I did accept him, everything went away. I mean, absolutely everything. There was no, and I don't mean standing up when the pastor asks you hey, raise your hand if you're right now, or (laughs) that old school technique, or none of this. I'm talking about when Jesus comes into your heart, yeah, and you accept him and you allow him into your heart. Everything changed, absolutely everything. There wasn't another issue that I had. In fact, I went all the way from being in a, in a faith-based rehabilitation yeah. recovery center down in Freeport, Texas with yeah. Freedom House Ministries and Ernie Hutchins to overnight having two freaking horses, all these chickens, uh, a, a relationship with a person that I know their anointing is honest, you know, with my, my best friend. In a community with the Amish, where I learned an entire way new of life, an entire new way of life, entire in a matter of, and it, it it's in terms of this very very short. It's like a overnight, of two
2: basically. Years. Wow. It's been
1: one year, and 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 the blessings have multiplied and multiplied and multiplied, and they just keep coming so much to the point that I had a prayer and prayed that I I I can't handle any more blessings. <laughs> because now I'm scared.
0: That's a good problem to have, my brother. <laughs> good
1: well, well, it it, it is and it isn't because I, 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 the, the glory can't be on me. Yes. And, yep. and with that being said, I have to and, and I actually seek guidance from a pastor in reference to that. Yes. He said, you take these blessings and you run with them because that's what God's given you. But I don't want to be in a position to where I accept any glory of anything. And I don't want to be in a position to where I'm I'm feeling that I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, because I'm not doing anything. God is doing all this, not right. me. Because right. there's not another person that you can find, and I can guarantee it unless they won the lottery, and I'm in the lottery of this world, that you're going to find going from homeless to the situation that I'm in now
2: yeah.
1: overnight. And I'm right. overnight within a year's time, two years' time. There's no way. I, 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 don't, I don't know of any other situation. And I've just met you. We just had a few conversations.
2: I that's and weird about if this. If you knew
1: the details and the totality of yeah. a lot of these circumstances, yeah. you really couldn't wrap your brain around yeah. it because you just can't. You can't wrap your brain around the glory of God. It's not going to happen.
0: And and that's the reason uh, you know when we first started this uh, conversation, you know, I, I, I'm still trying to get that wrapped around my brain because there's a lot of stories that the people that are listening to that don't know about that I that. that, that that you, you told me earlier on and I still cannot get my brain around the change. I mean, if you're telling me that this change that you went through all happened in less than a year, that is, I mean, in the, in, in, in the secular world, that'd be impossible, but in right. the world, it's impossible.
1: Right. I'm saying, oh, let me, let me just clarify. The, 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 the blessings have really multiplied within the last year yeah. as far as the direction of my life changing, that has been, you know, Two or three years uh, in time. Um, the time of my life when I was running the streets in South Houston and homeless and down there in Brazoria County, that, that whole time of the cloud, I couldn't tell you, I had, I, I couldn't tell you dates, times or anything. I, I, I mean, I probably slept 60 days out of an entire year. I mean, I, that's, that's how I couldn't care what happened to me at all. And now being here, I mean, if it was daylight outside, I could show you outside and you, right. you it's how the how my life has changed that fast there's there's no other way but god
0: yeah you're um talking with you right now and just sitting here i'm I'm beginning to realize that more and more um the fact that I'm here interviewing you right now, I'm telling you you know two months ago, no, I would have looked at you and gotten no, there's no way and what's so funny uh chad, um you talk about how the glory of God works in mysterious ways uh. I haven't told this. The only person that, I, that I've told this is very few people, including my wife. I, I want to say about a couple of years ago, I had this pastor, uh, and, and this will be a separate, in fact, you and I are going to have this conversation again, who who I walked into this church, I'd never been into this church, you know, before, walked in, sat in the back, back corner, and after the service, uh, he just kind of... Uh, uh, Stop it! I said, Look, now uh, God is telling me that to to say some words to a few people, and He called on me. The man never knew who I was, but I was going through you know a right. emotional po- point, and I won't go into all the words. But He prophesied that I would be speaking to many men, and having many men come to me with you know uh, the, the the good word, and I'm like. When he said that, you know, I'm thinking, you know, the, the, the typical TV evangelist, they go in there, you know, bless you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, this man is full of, you know, right. whatever. And here I am right now. And I can't, you know, with hearing your story and what and listening to your story, and I'm sure there's going to be a, thousands of people out there that's going to relate and they're going to be asking, how did you do it? And it's not it's not a secret at all, you know, it's not a secret right. God. <laughs> you don't, you know, God's never been lost. But Talking to you right now, is like bringing back a lot of this stuff that, I, you know, I'm still in self-doubt. You know, I've been 48 years of uh, listening to God, but, you know, being hard-headed, you're just like, no, 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 no. But now it's like, okay. So uh, it, it, this is incredible. Wow, wow. This is- uh,
1: you know, and, and the only thing, the only thing that we can contribute to our salvation, the only thing, there's nothing, absolutely nothing else that we can contribute to our salvation other than sin itself. Right. He, he doesn't need us to do anything. He, he, we just have to sin and our salvation is there because of the, because of that loving gift. It didn't have to be this way. You can be held in condemnation to those times that you didn't listen to God. I could be held in condemnation. I'm telling you right now, there's a thousand reasons that I could tell you right now that I should burn in hell a thousand, but there's one reason that I shouldn't. And that's because of the salvation from my savior period. But for and, and, me,
0: I got one thousand and one, so I'm, I'm I'm one up one up above you. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So, and and that's the thing we all we all have we all have history. We all yeah. have testimony. We oh, all yes. have. Absolutely. Yours is not greater than mine. Mine's not greater than yours. His is greater than that. You know, we we all have been there. And and going back, uh, to, just to give you, get to give you an idea. When I, when I after I had. You know, when I woke up in this rehabilitation uh, rehab, uh, uh, the Freedom House there, when I when I, when I finally came to a couple of days later mm-hmm. and I was eating breakfast and there was a guy that was mopping the floors around me, you know, and he hadn't spoke to me the whole time I was there. And I, he's like, you, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, no, I don't remember you. He pulled his hat off and he's like, you gave me this scar right here on my head. I said, dude, I don't even know you. And he he said, no, you did this one time back in 1998 when I ran from you and you were a policeman. You caught me and hit me in the head with a flashlight. I don't remember. You know, you, you, you were nothing but a number to me.
0: From 10 years How, ago? From 10 years ago, he said, right?
1: Well, it was 1998 okay. when, when the incident occurred. Oh. Now he's one of my best friends. He's part of my testimony and I'm part of his testimony. Uh, he – that is incredible. I stay in touch with them. I try to talk with them regularly, uh, you know. But looking back, I didn't value. I didn't value other people. You know the way that I valued myself. I, you know I could remember that it was a major incident. You know he went to jail for a long time.
2: Yeah.
1: Because of something that I said he did, and because of the fight that I had with him, and this and that, and so yeah. forth, and he was prosecuted, and then his entire direction of his life changed because of that. Here I am. 20 years later sitting in a rehab place with him. And here he is right here. And now we just talked the other day. That so, is, a, so that, that, that's what I mean by, I wouldn't yeah. change anything, anything in the world because, you know, I, I I've offered my roof to him. I've offered, you know, you got a yeah. place here always you and many others. Now I know my, 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 my big goal is, is to open a, is to house the house young men with addiction and get them back into working society and get them back into work and, and, and lead them to God. And in order to do that, you have to have this, you have to have that, you have to have this or you have to have this. No, I don't. I just have to have the blessing and the anointing to do so. And it, and it'll happen. And so I have no doubt that now, you know, I'm just have this, this, and this, and this, but the, that time will come and that's why I'm here. And I know what I'm supposed yeah. to be. So you talk about the prophecy yeah. and someone prophesizing you know, of your life. There's no doubt that, I, and, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about your wife.
2: Yeah.
1: Because I woke up one Saturday morning, and for some reason, you know, I talked with your wife back on one of my deployments, and we talked about dogs and we talked about a few things because she was big on Belgian Malawash.
2: Yeah.
1: And I, I, I hadn't talked to the girl. I hadn't seen the girl. I, I had know nothing about her other yeah. than the the conversations that we had back then in relation in reference to Belgian Malawas. Right. And we met on this Facebook, a Belgian Malawas group. And, uh, that Saturday morning I woke up and there was a message from her. Well, the me back up that, that Saturday morning I woke up and i was like, you know, I need to, I need to send, I need to send, uh, her a rabino this, message to say how hope all is well how are you doing um i hope all is well and just a a nice message that uh you know i was just that's what my immediate thought was when i woke up in the morning you know our brain is fresh in the morning right and they say god speaks to you early in the morning and things is what some people say i I don't know he speaks to me all the time but i listen more when i get out of bed i got to do this and this and then it was like that, that's what I thought in the morning. Well, then I happened to get on Messenger, and I looked, and I got a message from her at about nine p.m. the night before, yeah, saying, "Hey, I would like to talk with you about my husband. Yeah. Uh, he's got a podcast going on, and he would maybe would be interested in your story, and uh, he would like to interview you." And I didn't even think twice about the response. It was absolutely, "I'll call you at five o'clock today, wow. ten o'clock today." I think I told her. So. The only reason that I spawned so quickly is because that was confirmation in the fact of what I had thought about the morning that I'd woke up, handing the collar, lo and behold, the night before while I was sleeping, the message was sent. And I had no idea until I saw it, you know, that afternoon. So um, that actually normally I would I would think about it, you know, would I really need to do I really need to go talk to this guy
2: yeah.
1: on the internet about this this or whatever he wants to know probably not but there was i got other things doing i still haven't done the chores tonight but what i mean what i'm what i'm getting at is that that was confirmation in itself so that's that's why i'm doing this interview with you now and i have no 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 reservations at all you know
0: i'm um chad the funny thing it's not even funny at all um and this is for the people that that are, that are listening. I'm. I went through the exact same thing too. This is the uh, the interview where I sat down today, trying to figure out. I initially had a plan of you know what direction I want to go, who my audiences was, but I was still questioning. I was like, is that really, really what I want to do? And now with you here, I mean, I'm, right now I can't even explain it. Right now, it is direct confirmation of what this podcast is going to be about bar none it's not going to be about all this other bs crap that you hear you know uh, sensationalism this is about what it's going to be about people like you bringing people you know back to jesus christ uh providing hope so i thank you i mean it's uh this is direct confirmation i mean this is just beyond uh what i can comprehend right now but thank you very much chad
2: yeah and I would
1: love, I would love to talk with you more. You know, I I I had to ask Penny the other day. Uh, I had to ask Penny the other day. I said, well, what is a podcast? I don't even know what a podcast is. For one, I didn't know how. You know, I don't I don't know anything about it. And I had to ask her. She said, "What's well, a, It's a talk show thing, basically on the internet." Yeah. And, blah, blah, blah. and I said, okay. Um, so I, I don't know whether you get different listeners and they yeah. they into you or they like to go listen to you or whatnot. But I think it's important that in order to understand how I came from fear and how I came to the light, how I, how I, how I got here. There's so many different stories that are, that are entwined in this. And they're, and they're, they're, they're big, they're long story. You know, there's, they're they're long. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are things that we would have to cover, you know, over time. I don't think it would all be done in this, this interview today, you know?
0: No, no, so. impossible. That's why we will be up there
1: <laughs> sometime this spring.
0: My next interview with you is going to be on a horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, in person.
0: In person, definitely in person, in person. Well, um, one thing uh, we're about up for time, but one thing that I want to do. You know, Get, get across, you know. Uh, what one uh, personal life lesson that you went through that you would like to uh, tell our tell people who are listening to this podcast?
1: Um, don't don't hold grudges and forgive. Forgive people that you felt have done you wrong. Open your heart up and walk in love. Walking in love is the most, most important, you know, because if you walk in love, then you're not going to have any other issues. And I think the most important thing is, is forgiveness as well, because when you start allowing hatred and animosity, I and mean, these things into your heart, you can, uh, you can become cold and hardened. And that's a good place. That that that's a good place to be if you want if you want to be hardcore and this and that, but not necessarily because you're going to be humbled. Yeah. And so, you know, living in peace and, and being kind uh, to each other. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and well, I I feel like there's so many things that I could tell you that we can go over. Yeah. I feel like I shortchanged you. And no, I didn't offer you. No, I didn't offer you. The thing. <laughs> there's
0: a there's at least two or three more interviews after this, so don't don't worry about that. <laughs> We're gonna discuss those things uh, definitely.
1: <laughs> oh, but well. uh, you know, forgiveness and walking in love. Um, yeah, and there, and there really is. There's a lot of things that you know we we, we could cover. That, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you how you could do it in a time frame. I don't I don't know what you do, but yeah. I know that. That um but there's a lot of things that we could cover and but I think walking in love and forgiveness yes. because you know that's that's the root of everything is love, which I did not have. And I'm here to tell you I was violent, I was hardcore and yeah. I was a mean one. And there's a thousand people per year that can tell you that, you know, and I'm not exaggerating that I was not a kind person. Yeah. And it's very, it's very interesting that now I'm living in the middle, middle of an Amish community.
2: Yeah. And, you know,
1: there's a, there, I was thinking the other day, there was a movie I remember seeing as a kid, and it was Tim Allen was in this movie,
2: yeah.
1: and he was running from the feds, and he was posing as an Amish guy living yeah. in a. Do you remember this movie? Oh, there was some yeah, movie. Um, but I couldn't um, remember the name of this movie, and I'm yeah, like, I, that's kinda, kinda, I couldn't think of what the name of the movie was, but.
0: Well, the thing that's so interesting, uh, with, with, with your permission, I want to post some of the uh, pictures of when you were in Iraq and the picture of you right now, it is like completely two different people. I mean, the person that I see right now is just this loving, warm man that wants to, you know, help the world and send out the message. Uh, and the story, you know, from 10 years ago, it just it just doesn't compute. This is why I want right. in terms of the. Yeah, that would be ads, fine. Uh, I it, it's, it's just I can't find the words and like you said there's going to be several more interviews to kind of go into some of the details cuz you you have lots to
1: tell lots. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. That would be fine.
0: All right, well Chad, um I definitely thank you from the bottom of my heart uh of being uh on, on this uh podcast and uh I think and it's not even think you did more for me uh in terms of giving me confirmation in terms of what i need to do i thank you very much uh this has been probably one of the most uh emotional heartfelt uh, uh interviews that i've had where i've actually i'm i have these tingling sensation <laughs> so thank yeah, you very much. the holy it, spirit it, it, that's, that, that's what it is <laughs> And what I want to do, um, I definitely want to get back with you very, very soon. I want to tell the people that are listening that our next podcast interview with Chad Powers is going to be on a, <laughs> on a show, Horse and Carrier. I mean, that that is Absolutely. going to be the experience. So in closing, yeah. I uh, thank you for your time and um, look forward to uh, having our next interview, which will be very, very soon. So thank you very much, Chad.
1: Yeah, y'all
2: are always welcome here.
0: Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right.